talk about that today. Today is our new series about kingdom commitment. And so, uh, explain uh, kingdom commitment. You say, what in the world are we doing? And that's what we're going to talk about for the next three weeks. What in the world are we doing as a Christian church? You know, we say a lot of times, and this is kind of our, our strategy or vision, what we want to be able to do is be disciples of Jesus that build disciples of Jesus. I think that's kind of a summary of, the, of our Christian challenge and our Christian life. And to be disciples of Jesus, to build disciples of Jesus, means we are on the mission that God has sent us on, that great co-mission. We are on that together. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to really talk about what are we doing as the body of Christ, how are we making disciples as, in, uh, as a church. What are we doing? And so, on the front of your bulletin, remember last week our memory verse was Acts 1-8. And it says, uh, therefore you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, starting in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right? So today we're going to talk about to the ends of the earth. We're going to go out and we're going to zoom in in these next few weeks. Now as a church, over the past, I think it's about 10-12 years, we've been doing something called Faith Promise. And what would happen is every May to June, we would ask our congregation to come together and pray about and think about what does God have for us? What is, what's God been in your heart is a way that you can invest in its missions? Global and regional missions. And we would take those things, and then our missions team, who is meeting actually right now, would take those numbers and pray about it, look at uh, who our missionaries are, and say, how are we going to create a budget so we can support them? How are we going to do this? And as time has passed, a lot of new people have come into the church family. And uh, we've never really explained uh, our faith promise so much. And so a lot of times people would say, what is this whole faith promise thing? Well, that's what it was all about. What we want to do is, is take our mission up a notch. We want to be able to reach out even more. And we've already been very active in missions. And so what we decided to do is take that, that faith promise idea and build on top of it. We're calling it our kingdom commitment. And so what we're going to do is every fifth Sunday, so it comes around uh, four times a year or so, we're going to take a special offering for missions. And in that time, that week, we're going to focus a little on missions and who we're supporting so we can pray for our missionaries and know what's going on. So it's not just money that we're sending them, but prayers and our thoughts and our hearts and engaging our missionaries that way. And so it's, it's taking that faith promise and bringing it up to that next level and being that kingdom commitment that really speaks to the heart of who we are as a church. Now, part of the, to do that is uh, we also are our missions team and stuff. We need to figure out on the financial side what we're going to do to create that budget. So one of the things that we have in your bulletin is a little yellow kind of gold little kingdom commitment card, just like your faith promise thing. Over these next couple weeks, three weeks, as we talk about our missionaries, I want you to go home. I want you to pray about how does God want you to connect and support these missionaries, also financially, but also in your prayers and your heart. And on that fifth Sunday, which is coming up three weeks, uh, will be actually that Sunday as soon as we come back from our short-term missions trip to Nebraska, uh, we're going to be collecting those, and and as also taking our first fifth Sunday kingdom commitment uh, uh, special offering. So that's kind of just a big picture of, of where we're going. Now. Today, what we want to do, and actually through this whole series, there's three things that we want to examine. And the first one is we want to uncover God's missionary heart as it's revealed in Scripture. We want to look in the Bible and say, what does God want for us? What is this mission that He sent us on? What is God's heart for this? So we're going to look in Scripture, and that's what we're going to look for. Second thing is we want to examine how our church is engaged in this great commission. 
And we want to get better acquainted with our missionaries and the mission organizations that we support because it's not just our money that they need. In fact, that's secondary. What our, what our missionaries need first is, is that engagement from our church. They need our prayer support, big time. They need encouragement, letters from us from time to time, reminding them that they're not alone in this incredible work that they're doing. They need our hearts to be alongside what they're doing. And also, of course, they need our, our financial support. So those things, we're examine what they're doing so we can get behind and realize what, what, the, what the world as our church about. What are we doing out there? And the third thing we're going to discover how you can join it. Because uh, we have a lot of new folks, and perhaps you've been here for a long time, and a lot of churches, what they'll do is they'll take their general offering, and then they take a section of that out, and they set that aside to missions. And our church runs it a little differently. Uh, we have a missions team that meets once a month, and uh, we also, as we take our faith promise, that goes into an entirely different thing because we found that we can actually invest more and engage more into missions specifically going that route. So we'll talk, how do you get engaged in our global and regional missions here? So that's what we'll be doing. So today we're going to talk about to the ends of the earth. And uh, God has a missionary heart. He does. In fact, he was the first and the greatest missionary. We know in creation, uh, we've gone through Genesis several times in this past year for a reason. We needed to go back and, and remind ourselves why it is that we exist and who is God. And as we've gone through Genesis and we've looked at the creation, we've looked at the story of how God brought us here, what the purpose of our lives are, we see this, that God loves us deeply. He created us specifically for, for a relationship and to love him. But we have sinned. We have all fallen short, all of us, humanity. We walk around separate ways. We end up killing each other and doing all kinds of horrible things to God and to one another. And there's a separation between us. And it says in Scripture, while we were still sinners, while we were still God's enemies, he sent Christ for us. See, God is it's on a mission to save us. Ever since the fall, when he didn't destroy Adam and Eve, but instead gave them mercy and grace, and gave them a prophecy of hope, and covered them with, with new clothes, he built a mission to save us. And as we've read the narrative story of God throughout history, through the book of Acts, and, and, on through, or, and, book of Acts, and also we go way back to Genesis, we see God is at work, constantly working to save us, to reach us. Think about the story of Noah. Or we see even in Babel, people were, were trying to dethrone God and kick him off the throat and be, uh, do our own thing. What does he do? He doesn't destroy us. He's, he spreads us out. Or Abraham giving us a promise. Or Moses giving us the law, giving us direction, fulfilling his covenant. David giving us a promised king that will, that will reign forever. Think about how we work in Israel and Judah. And how he kept his word time and time again to be a light to the nations, to make sure that, that the world knew that God had not given up on us, even when we gave up on him. That people can't save people. That's the one thing that you, you see as far as, look at how uh, this world is going. We can't save ourselves. Our best efforts to save ourselves usually get us into a war with other people. And then we end up killing ourselves. As people, it's not just our country right now, it is the course of humanity that the bulk of, of public revenues are, sent, are spent on defense and, and military. That is the way that it works. We're not safe. We're not safe from ourselves, and we're not safe for others. God has to save us. I'm so grateful that he did. 
God's mission is global. Here's a passage of scripture that was written 700 years before Jesus came. And in that passage, in Isaiah 49, if you're reading in context, it is a discussion between God the Father and the Messiah before he sent. And he's talking about what the Messiah is going to do. And here we see God's mission, his heart and his design for his mission. And we see that his mission from the beginning has been global. As God says, is it too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel that I have kept? So those are the people of Israel. It says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Does that sound familiar? Yes, this was God's heart from the beginning. God hasn't given up on us. God's mission and his heart has been global to the ends of the earth. There's another passage, if we go a little bit earlier, this is a long one in Isaiah uh, 42, uh, again, talking about his Messiah. And this is kind of a discussion that God is having with his Messiah through prophet, and we get to read about it. And this is what he says. He says, here is my servant whom I, who I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I am well pleased. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. To the nations. And he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. He's not going to be the old self-proclaimer, promoter. He says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not stuff out. He's not going to be mean to those that are weak. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. He's not going to give up until it's done. In his teaching, the islands of the distant lands will put their hope. So this is what the Lord God says, the creator of heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth, who gives the strength from it, who gives breath to his people, and life to all those who walk on it. Right? He's God. And this is what he says to us. I the Lord have called you in righteousness. And he's talking to his Messiah, the one who's going to come and save us. I have the Lord have called you in righteousness, and I will take hold of your hand, and I will keep you, and I will make you to be a covenant for the people, and a light for the Gentiles. To open the eyes of the blind, to free the captives of prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit this is what God wants from his Messiah. This is why he is sending. You see his, his purpose here, his, his ministry is described. This is what the Messiah will do. It's going to save Israel, absolutely, but also the world. This is an amazing concept. You think about when Isaiah was writing, Israel, the nation of Israel was falling, right? Because they had wicked kings in, in play for too long, and they had been worshiping an idol. And Shechem, they were, they were destroying themselves and dying spiritually. And, it, and Isaiah was there preaching God to them. And Judah, at that time, was, was wondering, which path are we going to go? And God restores them. And he gives them this promise. He reminds them of what the Messiah was going to do. God hadn't given up. In fact, God was going to expand the ministry. But something at the very beginning I want you to see. That passage. It says, here is my servant whom I pulled, my chosen one, in whom I am well pleased. I will put my spirit on him. This is, he's describing his Messiah. Now let's go fast forward 700 or so years. And let's go to, uh, let's go to 
the baptism of Jesus in Luke, as it's described here. And so here's the story in that. Uh, Luke, uh, oh, Luke wasn't there. He interviewed folks who were. Uh, you have Jesus is down there, and uh, we want to bring that next slide up. And he's going to be baptized. And this is what is reported. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, and heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, and whom, and whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. Does that sound familiar? you see the direct correlation with Isaiah? God was saying, this is my Messiah. This is the guy that I'm sending. He's identified very clearly. And we know what his mission is going to be. Jesus came not just, not just to save Israel, but to save the whole world. In fact, uh, he even talks about that. He, uh, the next verse, he says, uh, when asked by a religious leader, somebody who's curious, a man named Nicodemus, he says this to him. This is what Jesus says about his ministry. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world from And if you keep going on, you find out that the world is already condemned. And we can look around our world and we see that's true, don't we? Without God, we are already lost. And that's why Jesus came. And God so loved this world. And Jesus explains his ministry so succinctly in those wonderful lines. And now, he sends us on that mission to continue after Jesus is dies and he completes the, the price that was paid so he could be saved. He raises again, and he meets with the disciples. He sends them on that continuation of his mission. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And then look at where he sends us. In Jerusalem, well, okay, that's easy. You're today in Samaria. Yeah, in a region, that's good. And to the ends of the earth. This is God's heart. God was never happy with us just saying, okay, we're saved, we're happy with ourselves, let's just close the door. He sends us out to everyone. All kinds of people. People that are different than us, people of different cultures than us, different languages, people see things so different than us, people whom in this world we would call our enemies. He sends us out to be his witnesses. Well, our church does have missionaries all over the world. In fact, uh, on this map, we'll get to see a couple of them. We have uh, four international ministry uh, missions partners. And uh, let's see, we've got TCI, Ukraine, IMD, which is in Zambia. We have CWO, which is Zambia also, and DFN in India. And you'll see there, there's, in that, we have three different continents, Europe, Africa, and Asia. We have missionaries that we support, we have touch in all of those continents. We have three different countries, Ukraine, Ukraine, Zambia, and India, that we're there. Now let's briefly just talk about some of these ministries, these missions that we have. So the first one is TCI. That stands for Trubisky Christian Institute. It's in Kyrgyzstan, Ukraine, and that's where it's at. Now, in TCI in particular, there's a guy there that's, uh, that's teaching up there. That man is named Vaxini, and his wife named Luba. And we have been supporting him in particular for many, many years. In fact, Years ago, well before I was on staff, my wife and I just started coming to the church and decided, let's get engaged in the missions team because we didn't know what else to do. And uh, way back then, there was a man named Jim Grog who was, he is helping form TCI. And there was a student at TCI. And we were a tiny little church at the time. 
We said, how can we make a difference? And one of the things we decided to do is TCI said, would you consider sponsoring a student to be able to go through an education? And there were all these different applications for these students that were going to go get a scholarship, and we were going to pay their way through school. And Valak Sinning was, was the guy we chose. And we chose Valak for a couple of reasons. One is his dad was a pastor in the town. There was only two churches in, in, in your son at the time. And his dad was, was a Christian through, uh, and a pastor through all the persecution under the um, Soviets. And so he was a leader in the underground church. And that when the Iron Curtain fell, his church, he was able to, to uh, expand the gospel. And he was already respected. Here was his son. And his son, we could see, had a passion for the Lord. Grew up in a family that loved the Lord, even when it was hard. And we said, this is a guy we want to get behind. We want to support him. So as a student, we paid for his, his education all the way through. And then what happened is he graduated, which was fantastic, and he did really well. And he starts going to work at his dad's church, and he was a youth pastor. And this is the exact same time that I came back from Bible college. And, and Balak and I were doing the same work, which was really cool. And then what happened is, is Balak has this missionary heart, which is amazing. He said, you know what, we can do more than just reach the youth. And he decided, let's open up the church and let's just use these new things called computers that they just got in Ukraine. And we can use these to help teach people about the Bible. And he started doing that. And he found out he was a good teacher. And TCI, which is the school that he went to, they said, you are a phenomenal Bible teacher. Would you come on staff with us and, and, and teach Scripture? And Valak said, absolutely, I would love to do that. And so he goes on, and what did our church do? We continue to pay his salary. We paid his salary as a youth pastor, and now we, now we were paying his salary as a teacher on TCI staff, so it wouldn't be a burden upon the school. Well, wouldn't you know it, a couple years later, the president of TCI had to move on, had a tragedy in his family, and who did they tap on the shoulder and say, let's you be president of TCI? But that. And so what did our church do? Well, we continued to support him. So that Valley's heart was not to take a whole lot of money from the school because he he sees the purpose and the passion of the school. And so we've continued to support him and Luba, specifically praying with them, visiting them, encouraging them. We've also paid a portion of his salary, still. And you know what? Valak is doing amazing things. See, when TCI started, the purpose of TCI was this. It was, have you ever heard of Crimea? Yeah, because of the news now. Russia really wants it, but years ago, nobody had really heard about it. It was a little vacation island way back at, uh, where the Soviets would go and, and they would enjoy that. And on the, Crimean Peninsula, there were these group of people called the Tatars, and they were Islamic and they had no gospel penetration. Nobody had told them about Jesus. And there were a lot of Bible schools up north, and in southern Ukraine, because the Iron Curtain just fell, there were no Bible schools. In fact, in Ukraine, in that whole region, there was a handful of churches. And so, uh, a couple of churches here in the U.S. said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to support and start a Bible college to train Christian leaders. And we're going to reach those Tatars. We're going we're to have impact in Crimea. That's what we're going to do. And so that's exactly then We focused on uh, TCI to three bold focus. The first was Christian education, to build Christian leaders. And you know today, just like two decades later, they have four campuses of TCI. They're making Christian leaders all over. There's in Ukraine, there's two in Central Asian countries, and one in the Caucasus areas. We can't say exactly where they are because we record these things. And those schools are in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. And their teachers and their staff are constantly being harassed by the KGB, are being harassed by the local governments, and, and some of them are being tortured for their faith. But they are planting the gospel in places that are the hardest to reach. 
That is the heart of the ministry of TCI, Christian education. One of the things that they've done is they've decided to create a flash drive of, of biblical, uh, of, of Christian literature, Bibles and Bible study things, and they put them on flash drives because they found this, that when their Christians are out there and planting churches, and the authorities and, and the people come in and the mobs come in to kill them, they look for Christian books, and if they find a Bible, they will torture you over this. So they put everything on a little flash drive, and it runs on a computer. You put plug it in, and it just runs the whole thing there. So pastors are able to study and to learn and to put together messages and to get the word of God and to memorize it. They have that, and if the authorities come in or things like this, and, and they're going to be dragged, they can take that memory thing out, and they can smash it, or they can throw it off in a field, and they'll never be found. It is an amazing thing. They've developed and, and innovated in such a way that the gospel is being spread in some very difficult places. The second thing you see I want to do is chant for churches. They didn't want to train church leaders. They wanted to make sure that the churches got planted. And I remember that there was very few churches in, in your song when they first started. Now there are 20 churches in your song. Ten times the amount. And most of them were started with TCI graduates. And their graduates have planted churches all over the world. That's uh, community transformation is the third thing that they do. Uh, TCI is about getting the community and showing the gospel and God's love in a real and practical way. And they do that, their students don't just work as pastors, they also work in all kinds of ministries, from rehabilitation things, to community preschools, to all kinds of other things. And just recently, something that showed the heart of TCI and about and what they're about, is they just took in 50 people who had been named prisoners, that had been brought in, uh, in, um, could be prisoners and were put on a farm, and, and were held there as slaves. And they took them, and they, they freed them. And they took them in onto the campus, and they made sure that they were well. He said, house them, they fed them, they clothed them. Then they got funds for these people so that way they could start a new life and a better life. You talk about the, the work of Christ in action. That is what they're doing. And now also during that military conflict with Russia, TCI students are the ones that have been brave enough to go up to the front lines and to pray for and to minister to the, the terrified Ukrainian troops. And many have come to Christ. TCI is a phenomenal Phenomenal ministry partner, and they're doing incredible work there in Tucson. Now, the next one we want to talk about, let's go south. Let's go way south. Let's go into Zambia, Africa. This is IMD, uh, which is uh, uh, international. And IMD International actually is based, I think, uh, out of Denver, which is, is kind of cool. But in particular, in Zambia, IMD, uh, we're, we're supporting a guy named Henry Kamtoka, which is that, that gentleman right there in his family. It's a very old picture. Uh, but uh, what they're doing there, IMD, is all about training Christian leaders. They'll go into the least reached people groups in the world, which means that least reached means this. If they heard of the gospel ever, it was at least 100 years ago. Now they're going back into those areas, and they're going to areas where there's a lot of people that, that are illiterate, and if you have pastors that are illiterate, that's difficult, because how do you study scripture? And so what they're doing is they're training these pastors, and they're teaching them which is really fantastic. Now, I mean all over the world. The part that we're really focused on and supporting is there in Zambia. And in Zambia, uh, what they want is spontaneous multiplication of churches. That's what they want. They want to be able to plant the church and have the church be able to raise its own leaders so the church can send out new missionaries and start its own new churches. And it's exactly what we're seeing happen. It, it, the work in Zambia began in 2002. And uh, one of the things they do in that leadership development is they, uh, they, they make disciples. They actually go into communities and they find these pastors and they teach them about the word and they train them what it means to follow Jesus and they make disciples. 
Uh, IMD International fulfills God's calls from their website, actually. I thought it was interesting. I called them up and I said, okay, I'd like to know more about what we're supporting because I know some things. What's new? And they, they sent me this. Uh, they fulfill God's call by identifying and coming alongside key indigenous Christian leaders and helping them to develop the, the current and help them develop current and future leaders. They're not just sending Americans abroad. They're finding folks from their very communities and teaching them and training them and raising them up in Christ to become Christian leaders in their own communities. They also do this, they do something a little bigger. They have these leadership conferences and training events. Uh, Rob Booth oftentimes goes to these things and, and uh, uh, Mike went to one of these as well and they go out and they train Christian leaders. They'll have these conferences and pastors will come for days on books and things. They'll come in and they will train them about the word. And they also have congregational training events. I know that we had a group from our church that went down there long, not long ago, but about a few years ago, and went down there and did some economic development and trained some of the women in the churches and things like this. They're about getting the gospel out there and helping folks grow deep in Christ. And then uh, Henry, he's a go-getter. And where they're based is this little place called Impica. But, but you know what? I have these workers not stuck there in Impica. If you read, if you go to their website, I really encourage you to read about Zambia. You'll see how he has taken the gospel, planting churches, and if you, if you look on a map, you see where he's going. He's going to places that there's not a whole lot of really great roads or anything like that, but they're planting churches deep and far and wide throughout Africa. It's amazing work. Now, this is a godly, godly man, and he's brave. He's going to places that, quite frankly, would scare me because they have massive fighters. And, and big swamps and lots of mosquitoes. And he goes and he loves and they plant the church. And we go with him with our prayers. We go with him with our support. And we support him in all these ways. And, God is, and then we also sometimes get to go over there. That's an amazing thing. Now, the third one that we want to talk about today is our missionary thing. Also is in Zambia. And that's CWO. It's uh, a Christian World Outreach. In fact, we have a, a family tie here a little bit. Uh, Carol's got her, uh, let's see, cousin-in-law, would that be right? Yeah, uh, out there. Um, Bill and Marcy Hoover are out there. Now, they do a little different. They're in a city. Uh, they're in a city called Indola, which was a trading capital for that region for a long time. And with CIOs in the middle of this, this kind of urban, more urban environment, uh, they have a very incredible outreach to a specific group. They're, AIDS and HIV is one of the major focuses that they have, but because in Zambia, um, that is a, an epidemic that is destroying, just ravaging the nation. In fact, uh, nearly a million Zambians are HIV positive or have AIDS. I don't think that in our country we can even have the capacity to see uh, what that would be like. But, um, over 750,000 Zambian children have been orphaned by HIV or AIDS. Can you imagine? This is, this is massive. And here's a couple right in the heart of this that, that are there to love and to care for this community and for those kids. And so because of that the prevalence of HIV AIDS, they, they do some things. One thing they do is they focus on education. Is they go out and they teach in their community a different way, a godly way to, to help folks not contract AIDS to start with, but have a better life. But other things that they do is if you have it, to make sure that a lot of the myths and the things about it, so what happen oftentimes is somebody would get AIDS and then they're cast off. And they're not loved and they're not cared for. 
And they're, they're shamed, and, and they're going to die. And what they do is they bring Christ's love to those who are not receiving a whole lot of love. And they do a lot of teaching and training for that. But they also help care for the orphans and, and those in society that, that are deeply impacted by this. The second thing that they do is they focus on outreach and evangelism. They're not just there as, as, a, uh, as a social work organization. They bring the gospel. In 2003, CWO staff... Went in there and they started reaching out to a specific group of people in this young men who were called street boys. And, and there's a group of guys who basically they, they don't have a whole lot of uh, really anything. And they work uh, a lot of times for the, the buses and things like this. And they're kind of lost. These lost guys in the society. A lot of them have AIDS and things too. And what they do is, is they, uh, they bring them together. And they have Bible studies and discuss the hardship of their life and how Christ can be real in their world and to help them through these things. And on top of that, they provide these young men medical care, they provide them food, they provide them education and encouragement and support. And some of these young men are now going out in power and ministry and, and, and ministering to other street boys and, and helping the incredible work of Christ in Ukraine or in, in Zambia. It's amazing. The third thing that they do is education. Because they want to get to the roots of the issue. You know that uh, in Zambia, over 70% of Zambians live in poverty and are illiterate. So one of the things that they're doing is they're bringing Christ's love in a very practical, real way. Is they're also focusing on helping train and to teach. And one of the ways they're doing this is they've actually created a, a library that they, that they have. And folks come in. It says every day more than 50 students come to that library to study. Think about that kind of influence, that kind of impact. And as they're studying, they're learning about Christ, and they're feeling the love of Christ. And that translates, of course, into more students as, they, uh, as they're empowered to lift themselves out of poverty and find a better life for themselves there. But they're also empowered to plant churches and to show God's love in real and practical ways in the community. It's a transformation. It is the gospel at work. That is CWO, an amazing work that they're doing there. One last one that we have today I want to talk about and that's this, that's Mir Kanem, uh, Dalit Freedom Network, DFM, Mir Kanem, India. This is where we support. Now, Dalit, Dalit Freedom Network is, is all over India. Dalits are a group of people that the Hindu faith teach are subhuman. And because India is, is Hindu, um, this is going to be uh, a lot of, there's a huge portion, 250 million people, that they don't even treat as human beings. They are so considered subhuman that they won't even leave, let them drink out of regular glasses, but they give them these little tiny clay cups so they can drink out of those and they have to smash them on the ground just in case somebody else might come along and drink out of that same glass. They won't want to be defiled by these people. It is completely horrible, and for generations, thousands of years, this massive group of people are, have been given no education, no help, no support, They've been taught that they are worthless. Christ comes in and teaches them something totally different. The Elite Freedom Network is working to reach them in our church with a little portion of that. And that is going into this little city called the town of Yerkhan. And what we did is the churches in Estes Park, not just the Christian church of Estes Park, but the churches of Estes Park got together and we said, we can do something about this. And so we pulled some funds together and resources, and we planted a school. One of the things that Lee Freedom Network does is they, they plant schools 
and these areas, predominantly Muslim or Hindu areas, and they come to schools there, and they will give these children an education. And they will unteach them the lies that they have been growing up learning from Hindus and that they are that they are worthless. And they will teach them God's truth, that they are children made in the image of God and have got purposes and God loves them. And they train these kids and they teach them and they bring these families out of poverty and give them an opportunity of life, a life of dignity. It's an amazing thing. So our church said we want to be part of that. Our community wanted to be part of that, so we planted a, a school. Mira Khan, India, which is on the southern portion. Actually, that little area is just a little too far north there, but I didn't want to go and redo all my slides, so that's uh, we're a little bit further south. It's in an area that's um, um, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Kids call, come through. One of the ways that we as a church do that, we didn't just build the building, but also we support the students. Uh, there will be, uh, in fact, on the back table there, you'll see there's a, a uh, this is how you can support a Dalit child. And it talks about how you can go in and you actually can take a real student and, and you can write to them and things like this, but also you can pay for their education to make sure that they have an opportunity to be raised out of, of this, this lie and this poverty and given a whole new life. It's an amazing thing. So we, and all of the students of the Estes Park School in Miracan are funded, are supported by people in Estes Park. You know there's over 450 students that are there. Uh, there's 16 staff that are part of that school. But something happened this year that was a challenge for us, but not a challenge for God. There was a, a change in leadership in India, and a new Indian government came in that is really extreme Hindu. And they're making it very, very difficult for Christian organizations to have outreach and things in India. And so one of the ways they're doing that is they're making all these new requirements for schools, uh, requirements that I think are very good, things, but they're expensive. But their requirements that the Indian government isn't, isn't actually doing on their own schools. Well, in order to continue to do this work in year come, our school needs to be updated. Now, one of the things that has to happen for that is it has to get a wall put around it, which is a great thing, by the way, because here at the least, the Indian people don't see them as fully human, and oftentimes these children are stolen from their homes and even from schools, and then they are sold into slavery. And I can't even imagine the wickedness or the evil that, that is there. But we want to protect these students. Not only that, but there's snakes and bad things around it. I heard that uh, Chris Moody from uh, Rocky Church, he, he uh, told me about turkeys that they have there that kill the snakes, like the poisonous snakes uh, that, they, that they have for this perimeter. And they, the turkeys go around and kill the bad snakes. Can you imagine sending your kid? It's crazy. <laughs> we want to build a wall. And we're doing it. It's expensive. And so uh, we've been taking, uh, that's what that orange thing on the back wall is there, is bricks for us to build a wall. It's not just our church, churches all around. We are now two-thirds of the way down with the wall. $50 will buy a one-foot section of wall will allow us to, to build that. There, they begin working, uh, begin school uh, in uh, June, right? So it's coming up. But as long as we can get started, chances are the authorities will let us continue to have school there which is a great thing. But we are two-thirds of the way done. That is phenomenal. And uh, we want to see that wall completely built. And then beyond that, to be able to build a second level, give them a science lab and things like this, so our students that we're supporting don't just have to stop in fourth grade. Uh, they can go on and get their high school education in a place that they're honored and valued, and that will help them get into colleges. And that's where we'll start to see really deep and impacting life change. Uh, and this amazing work. So that's our work around the world. This is what we've been doing. Now, how do you get involved? 
Well, the first thing that you want to do, and you can see, is, is you can learn about and pray for our missionaries. And you can do this several ways. One way you can do this is go on the internet. You can look at these organizations and you can see what they're doing, find out what they're doing. It's a great way to get involved uh, and to see what's happening. The second thing is these missionaries always send us letters. And you may not know this, but on the side over here, uh, there's a wall, there's a map of the world, you see little pins where we're, we're making an impact. When the missionaries send letters in, we will put those up there. And uh, if we didn't fit Sunday things, we'll give you a little recap on some stuff. But read those letters. Find out what's happening. We also make sure we attach those to our weekly updates. So if you're not on the email list for that, sign up. Because when these letters come in, you can read about what's happening. So you can pray for these incredible missionaries and what they're doing. And you can also write them letters of support. Also, you can support missionaries with a kingdom commitment. Their work is important and is powerful. But they need our support. This is a way that we are honored and pleased that we can join them in their good work. So, that kingdom commitment thing, that's why I want you to want to turn in today. Pray about it. Ask God. Say, God, what is my portion in this? How am I supposed to engage in this amazing work? What do you want me to do? And on fifth Sunday, come back, bring that card, and drop it in our, our special missionary second offering for our kingdom commitment. But join us this year. You don't have to give all the money. You say, you know what, this year I can give this amount, this amount per month, or whatever you're going to do. Let us know so that way the missions team can make Good plans. You know, how are we going to support these missions? This is how you can be part of it. The third thing that you can do to join in, and this is an awfully fun one, is to join the missions team. The missions team does amazing work. And they're praying for They're getting to find all the deep stuff, things I can't even talk about now because I'm being recorded. And some of this work that's being done is sensitive. But God's doing great things. And if you want to get behind that and then support this, they meet once a month at the very first service. And if you want to be part of the missions team, then uh, let me know. Uh, we can get you uh, connected with that, which is a really great thing. The next meeting is June 14th. And it's just a phenomenal group uh, to be a part of. If you want to get engaged and go a little deeper in that, that's how you can get engaged. All right. Well, as we bring this message to a close, and we look at things, uh, we say, what, what can I do about this? Well, on the back of your connection card, if you want to pull that out, you can have some ideas. Some ways that you can get engaged into the missions work globally uh, for what we're doing. The first thing is we always want to go to God's part. Right? That when we start an action, we want to make sure that we're in line with what God is doing. We don't ever want to say, God bless what we're doing. We want to say, God, what are you doing? And let's get engaged in that. And Jesus told us about his mission. What is Jesus about? And that's why I want this week memorize John 3, 16 and 17. If you've already done it, well, fantastic. And remind yourself of that truth again. Remember, why did God come to this earth? God so loved the world. That's what he did. And he didn't just come as, as, as a visitor. He came to give himself. And he didn't just give his leftovers. He gave the most valuable thing, his one and only son. And he didn't come to make converts. He didn't come to just make people you know, happy. He said, you know, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal that they wouldn't perish. He came to give us hope and purpose and joy in life. And see, and realize that this world is already condemned. I think oftentimes we forget the reason why God needed to come, why there was such an emphasis on coming. It says that the Son did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And this world is already condemned, it is broken, and there are people all around the world that are dying in the midst of a lie are dying in brokenness and not even knowing about the hope of Christ. 
It is our job to make sure that everybody knows what Jesus has done. That we're not going to bring condemnation or to bring our agenda. We're going to bring God's agenda of hope and life and salvation. So maybe this week, this is what you do, is you, is you re-memorize that passage. Set it on your heart and your brain. Ask God to put his missionary heart into your heart. Maybe that's where we start. That's what you commit to. Or how about this? Maybe you pray for our global missionaries and the missions that we support. Why? God doesn't need our money. We get, to, we get the privilege of investing in his missionaries. But we also want to join them with prayer. They need that far more. These are missionaries that are going to the very darkest places. And they need our support. But to know what to pray for them, you're going to need to learn a little about them. So I encourage you to learn about our missionaries a little bit and pray for them. Like this week, I'm going to pray for these, these missionaries that we're supporting. And how about this? Partner with the kingdom commitment. Maybe that's what you're going to do. You don't know exactly what you're going to do yet. You say, well, this is my commitment. I'm going to join in. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and let all this great stuff happen and mean I'm going to miss out. I'm going to join where God's heart is. I'm going to engage where it makes a difference. I'm going to be engaged in, in, in the incredible things that God is doing globally through our church. Maybe that's what your commitment is. How about this? Maybe it's attend the next missions team meeting. Just try it out. To go and take a look. Say, maybe this is an area that I can serve. Maybe you've come to church for a while and you haven't looked at really where am I connected. Maybe this is an area you can connect. So the next one is, is on the 14th. And you say, you know what? I'm going to at least go. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see if this is an area that God is calling me to serve and I can serve there effectively. Or maybe there's something else. Different commitment on there that I haven't thought of. Make sure you mark that down. I'll be praying for you this week as you make that. Clearly, if there's a different commitment that you need to make, if it's following Jesus for the first time, that's a great one to make. Because he came for you too. But maybe there's something else, let us know. Or if you have a prayer request, please tell us. And this week, we'll be praying for you every single day, lifting your request before our powerful and wonderful God who loves us and has a heart meaning for you. So let us pray for you. Here in a few minutes, we're going to take our offering. And as we do, let me take our offering. As you put your tithes and offerings in the basket, please put these connection cards in there as well. So make this an offering in your heart to God. Let's pray for our tithes and our offerings. Now, Heavenly Father, thank you for your missionary heart. Thank you that you love this world, even when we didn't love you. You made us, uh, and uh, Lord, we tried to unmake you, but fortunately we were unsuccessful. But in the midst of our rebellion and our darkness of heart and our hopelessness and our destruction and our death, you came to this world to save us. You came with truth and we helped hold to lies. You helped us to see your love when we were blinded by our own selfishness. You came into our world and we wanted nothing more to do than to just kill you. And yet you brought us life. Now, Father, I pray for us as our church. Help us to be engaged in your continued mission to this world to bring salvation to every corner. Father, that the gospel reach every heart. Let us not rest, Lord, until that happens. Let us be engaged. Bless our missionaries. Keep them faithful. Keep them safe. Keep them encouraged. Father, provide every good opportunity for them. Protect them in their homes and their family lives. And bless them for their incredible work. Teach us how we can support them in that great work, too. Now, Father God, we thank you for these ties and these offerings. Just one more way that we can partner with you and invest in your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would take these ties and offerings and bless them and multiply them to build your kingdom. 
our community, in our hearts, but also in our world.